0: Chapter Ten of Vassar Studies. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Vassar Studies by Julia Augusta Schwartz. Chapter Ten, The Ghost of Her Senior Year. It was Thursday evening of Commencement Week. A gray sky was deepening into purple above the evergreens when Louise, leaving the garden paths wandered across the grassy basketball courts to the graceful elm in the center of the circle. A low railing, constructed for the class day exercises, still hemmed in the space about the tree, where the seniors had gathered to bury their records and sing their last song. Louise stared gloomily at the new stone slab sunken into the freshly turned earth at her feet. It had been like a funeral, the farewell words, the lowering of the box into the grave, the casting in of flowers as the girls marched past the singing louise cleared her throat she considered that the verses had been sentimental it was hard enough to accept the fact that the four pleasant years were gone without whimpering over the irrevocable louise winked once or twice while her arm slipped around the tree beside her the sky had become quite purple in the twilight and the evergreen stretched dark and shadowy along the broad curve of the gardens now and then a sleepy twitter came from some hidden nest or squirrels cheap sounded in the yew hedge louise fell into a reverie with her cheek against the rough bark with a sigh of half-wistful regret her fancy roamed back to her first year at college then her uncloyed zest of delight in every feature of the new life had nourished an admiration passionately uncritical coming as she did from a noisy western city which spread its sooty bulk over a treeless prairie she was enraptured with the fresh daintiness of the garden-like place in the green hill country. Every bud and bird and blossom was a marvel to her. The clustering woodbine upon the old brick walls, the level stretches of lawn with tree shadows falling on them, the lake sparkling in its setting of gold and scarlet, russet and brown, the long avenues of maples with yellow leaves drifting down in the sunshine, the meadows, fields, and woods, the faraway blue hills, even the sky and the clouds, now floating high, pearly white, and now purple and black, torn and driven in riotous flight before a rollicking wind. All things seemed more beautiful there than anywhere else. The manner of daily living also was charming to her. She loved the pleasant routine of work and play, the regular hours, the intellectual stimulus of the classroom, the wholesome diversions indoors and out. And, most of all, she rejoiced in the blithe unconventionality of social intercourse, At home she had seldom taken her head out of a book except to dream. It was probably due, therefore, to the general novelty of her surroundings and interests at college, that, emerging from self-absorption, she entered upon a vivid exaltation of the people around her. With an enthusiastic impartiality, she discovered that every student was pretty and every teacher beautiful. Louise raised her head and rubbed the spot on her cheek where the rough bark had left its impress lightly her thoughts passed on to her sophomore year. Then had appeared the first small signs of discriminative power. She lost the naive satisfaction with which the previous spring she had been wont to arrange for miscellaneous distribution saucers, full of many tinted flowers. She learned that not all evergreens are pines, and that there are more varieties of birds than can be designated by the names of colors. A growing differentiation of intellectual tastes began to interfere with her former strict equitableness in the division of time among her studies. In the choice of recreations, also, she was conscious of dawning preferences as an individual in place of Catholic enjoyment as a member of a community. She found out that she liked basketball better than gymnasium drill, and that skating was a more enjoyable exercise than either. The relation, however, which exhibited most strikingly the development was her attitude toward her associates the all-embracing benevolence of her faculty for admiration was gradually converted into various forms and degrees of appreciation one girl she respected for her manner and another for her mathematical ability as for the faculty although her awe had become less distant, her regard was more sympathetic a certain childishness of freshman irresponsibility had given place To a deepening intellectual seriousness, she began to distinguish sharply between mental and physical beauty. And then she had become a junior. Moving a few steps, Louise sat down on an edge of the tiny platform built for the spade orator and rested her chin on her hands. During that year, she had developed into a critic. She dissected the earthworm. She analyzed the element of the artistic in dogwood blossoms. She studied the color scheme of sunsets adopting the principle of selection she specialized in her favorite subjects in the college curriculum she experienced an individualistic instinct of rebellion against the dictatorship of bells of sleeping eating working walking at the striking of a gong the question of exercise and recreation started her mind on an investigation of the necessity of the seesaw of energy and exhaustion she learned to evolve a reason for each action and emotion. With respect to the people about her, she attempted to classify them according to manners, nerves, and temperament. She scrutinized motives, judging every fault and virtue with scrupulous regard for the personal equation. She still approved of physical beauty and paid reverence to intellectual, but her deepest admiration she now lavished upon moral worth. And then she had become a senior. The girl's mind, which had flitted rapidly over the first three years here paused hesitatingly something distasteful in the memory caused her to stir uneasily glancing vaguely at the darkening sky as if the pleasures of introspection had begun to pall her senior year all at once louise sprang erect at the sound of a rustle behind her someone suddenly appearing from the other side of the tree stopped short at sight of louise with a movement like the frightened flutter of a bird there was still light enough to catch a startled look of recognition before the newcomer fled swiftly away without a word an eager bend forward of the slight figure as it glided into the dusk told of shy haste to escape following eyes from under lowered brows louise watched her until she seemed to melt into the darkness that and her mouth drooped in helpless discomfort that was the ghost of her senior year slowly louise walked over the grass in the direction of the main college building under the arched gateway of the sombre hedge she turned to look for the last time at the shadowy masses of the evergreens and the delicate outline of the branching elm as she gazed she forgot to weigh and calculate and consider she forgot for the moment the novel sting of recently learned diffidence she remembered only that she loved this beautiful place and that she must leave it the girl stood motionless she had not the will to turn away the breath of june roses blew toward her and the darkness gathered more densely around her suddenly she pulled off her hat and bent her head one long minute then starting away she ran quickly without looking back in the dim corridors of the building packing boxes were ranged desolately along the walls in a lengthening vista of disorder louise hurried on past the dark transoms and closed doors of the first floor to the second where a glowing oblong of light here and there down the hall proclaimed the presence of seniors not yet vanished into the world pausing at the reading-room door she felt a dull ache at sight of the vacant chairs prim in their places beside the distressing neat array of magazines and papers A step over the threshold brought into view somebody standing by a table and listlessly fluttering the leaves of a pamphlet. At the sound of Louise's footfalls, she glanced up, and as quickly snatched away her eyes. Then, as if under the pressure of a will trained to habits of politeness, she lifted her face toward Louise without meeting her gaze, and gave her a curt nod. Louise bowed unsmilingly remembering the dismayed look under the elm-trees in the wordless flight. And was this to be the end of her senior year? A prescience of future reveries hovering reluctantly about the unexplained discomfort of this relation persuaded her to make a straightforward dash into the mystery, dealing with words only, and thus interpret, the puzzle springing from manner. But as the first movement toward the other— who seemed poised on the defensive, an almost imperceptible quiver, eloquent of shrinking before her approach, smote Louise with a sense of utter helplessness. She hesitated, infected half-unconsciously, with tongue-tying embarrassment. Her companion, with an assumption of sudden interest suspiciously excessive, appeared to be devouring her pamphlet, held needlessly close. Louise turned slowly away out again in the deserted corridor she stepped languidly thinking over the past year this young woman had entered college joining the senior class the previous fall louise remembered noticing with careless indifference when the newcomer first came to her table that she looked very young to be a senior and that she acted shy as if frightened to be among so many strangers soon however she became more at ease at least in manner and displayed a spirit of bright fun which kept the girls about her poised but lightly on the edge of seriousness attracted by the laughter louise had sought a seat near her at dinner later interested in the apparently contradictory traits of a character new in her study of human nature she had set zealously to work to classify this member of a novel species louise had exerted herself to be more thorough than ever before watching every word and action of the helpless specimen, analyzing her ideas, dissecting her motives, interpreting her statements, probing her opinions, judging her conduct, and, meanwhile, scientifically experimental, effecting new situations and emergencies as tests of character. The final result of the investigation had been to assign the harmless girl to a class by herself as a human being almost perfect as for the young woman under consideration she had rewarded louise's interest with shyly guarded sweetness of manner changing later into painful self-consciousness before deepening into half fascinated avoidance and louise was puzzled in her abstraction oblivious of material difficulties she stumbled over an open trunk beside an alleyway glancing toward the room at the end of the alcove she spied amid a disorder of small wooden boxes on the floor and large paper boxes on the chairs a girl making little dabs at her eyes with a wet handkerchief while trying to fold dress skirts oh louise she exclaimed where are you going come in and see me it is the last time louise stood in the doorway i will be down later she said now i am going to make parting calls gather up the loose threads of my relations To different people, and tie them into neat bow-knots of farewell speeches. Do you know beforehand what you are going to say? Oh, dear, yes, all analyzed out. To number one, I shall say, Thou beautiful, thou inspiration of admiration. To number two, O intellect, thou dost symbolize to me the deeper joys of discrimination. To number three, thou art character. THOU DIDST TEACH ME THE REVEALING POWER OF TRUE CRITICISM. TO NUMBER FOUR, THOU, OH, THOU. LOUISE PAUSED. OH, THOU, WHAT? WELL, CAUTIOUSLY, THERE MUST BE A STAGE BEYOND CRITICISM, hypercriticism, MAYBE. I HAVE NOT COMPOSED THAT SPEECH YET. IT WILL BE SOMETHING ABOUT, OH, NOTHING IN PARTICULAR. AND LOUISE ADDED UNDER HER BREATH, Except self dissatisfaction. The other girl had ceased to wipe her eyes. How awfully interesting. Who are they? Ghosts, my child. Only ghosts. The ghosts of the years that are past. The last word caught attention. It is a shame to let us grow so fond of each other and of the college and then scatter us to the four winds. Louise looked at her fathoming the depth of feeling. You would not choose to live here always no what is to be is to be behold me comforted come commanded louise let us go find the other girls on reaching the third floor they were greeted by an uproar from the senior parlor a dozen girls hilarious with eyes bright were howling class songs and improvising accompaniments to a chorus of animal cries some of them called louise to help with the whistling her companion deserted her to assist in varying the meows but she herself managed to escape laughing while in sight up another flight of stairs to an open door with light streaming out upon a shallow wooden box half filled with books a glance showed the room vacant however a vase of violets on the desk wooed louise to enter and an easy chair invited waiting as she bent over the flowers she heard a firm quick step sweep into the alcove and pause on the threshold louise raised her head it was a beautiful face smiling down on her from its stately height and she felt again in an involuntary thrill of the whole-hearted admiration of her freshman year last sighs louise yes and last speeches something about how much i owe to x y and z many thanks and so forth it is difficult to drag such feelings to the surface for wordy expression it is struggling against an instinct oh an idea perhaps if you find it awkward to say a certain thing that is a sign that you would be wiser to keep silent how about the conjugation of a greek verb for instance very well if you prefer to joke on serious subjects i shan't tell you what stage you represent in my intellectual development lost the chance of a lifetime your intellectual development that is easy i represent the first stage when you began to open your eyes on the world and move about saying, oh, oh, oh. You used to be delightfully credulous of perfection. I kept my best foot forward so constantly that I almost lost the use of the other. But now, alas, the grievous change. And now? Hypercriticism. I do not grumble. Grumble? Maybe not. Nor find fault with people. You merely judge them. Oh, I know. An attitude purely scientific. You trot around— with your little microscope polished up bravely. And beware, ye miserable insects. Well? Well, it is an extreme, a swing of the pendulum from your unsophisticated days. You will recover balance when you are out of this rarefied atmosphere, away from this abnormal mode of existence. The girl drooped suddenly. You're not sorry to leave it? Not a twinge. The monotony of this place is terrible. After you have finished your own intellectual development, and are only a teacher assisting in the development of others. Buried? Drowned in work and buried in books. Exactly. But that reminds me that those books must be packed tonight. Hand me a few, Louise. The girl carried an armful. You never say please. Now, Louise. Oh, indisputably unnecessary. But I was thinking. Don't. Thought is a disease of the flesh why can't you throw away that small microscope? The secret of happiness Eureka, lies in the attitude of acceptance. Why don't you accept people as they are? Or reject them? I should think that the girls would be afraid to have you around when they are off dress-party duty. If that isn't the most barefaced hint! Louise, don't go. I want you to bring me more books. And what will become of all the rest of these farewell speeches withering on my hands?" one more armful and then not good-bye oh no you are going to get up to the early breakfast to see me off am i louise blew her a kiss after another journey through the cheerless disorder of the halls with the sounds of desperate gaiety coming faintly from the parlor louise found herself at the closed door of a room belonging to one of the professors to her as she entered the book-lined apartment seemed an oasis of calm in the midst of the turmoil of emotions and packing boxes in the rest of the building two other seniors were already there at ease among the divan pillows louise chose a seat near the hostess who with cordial tact drew her within the conversational range we were speaking of ideals and how they change as the years pass on when i was a freshman spoke one of the girls my ideal of happiness was to be a senior and now to be a freshman well no i do not mean that exactly a repetition of all our written quizzes would be such a nervous strain think of the manual labor of examinations and yet the girl beside her lifted eyes heavy with shadows i saved out from packing an extra embroidered handkerchief on purpose for tonight but i am too tired even to feel louise leaned a little forward in her eagerness to grasp the conversational thread slipping out of reach DON'T YOU THINK THAT DURING THE COLLEGE COURSE OUR IDEALS DEVELOP FROM THE SPECTACULAR TO THE SPIRITUAL? THE STUDENT WHO HAD SPOKEN FIRST PRETENDED PERPLEXITY. I AM WORN OUT FROM SITTING NEAR YOU AT THE TABLE ALL THE YEAR. WHAT DO YOU MEAN, SPECTACULAR TO SPIRITUAL? I MEAN THAT YOUR IDEAL OF BEAUTY CHANGES ITS EMPHASIS FROM COMPLEXION TO CHARACTER. OH, YES, THE EVOLUTION OF CRITICISM. THE PROFESSOR WAS LISTENING IN AS INTERESTED A WAY AS IF SHE HAD NEVER BEFORE HEARD SUCH NOVEL IDEAS education then is a gradual deepening of insight yes and i think well perhaps we are born blind at least i was and we need each other to help open our eyes why do you know i had never thought much about intellectual honesty or self-deception until you spoke of such things one day in class i remember murmured the caller who had bemoaned loss of feeling i shall always remember there are initials whittled on the seats in that room and there are spots of ink where we shook our fountain-pens, and there is a scratchy gray place on the blackboard, and we shall never— Stop her, somebody, broke in the other, rising hastily. She left that handkerchief in the parlor. Help me to drag her away. We have decided not to say good-bye. With a faint smile into the professor's face, Good night is so much shorter, and answers quite as well. Louise lingered for a last word. As the door closed, her hostess turned toward her well louise taking the girl's hand in both her own you will write to me if i may exclaimed louise joyfully anticipating the preservation of memories as she watched the professor bending over her desk to write her summer address she spied a new photograph propped against a paperweight an instant vision of the slender figure shrinking away from her into the dusk faded from louise's mind before she picked up the card for a lingering scrutiny It was a young girl's face with the mouth of a sensitive child, and eyes looking shyly into hers. The professor raised her head. It is a winning face, isn't it? Noticing the picture. She brought it to me today. Her mother and I were classmates. I have been glad to have the child with me here, even if it was only for her last year. She was timid about coming among strangers. Hasn't she enjoyed it? Louise spoke quickly. The professor hesitated. She is naturally exceedingly shy and diffident i am afraid that she felt the critical atmosphere at first she belongs to the charming type murmured the student of character the type that possesses genius for winning personal attachment there is something lovable even about the photograph those lovable natures are the very ones which are peculiarly sensitive to atmosphere during the early part of the year she used to come to me to catch her breath as she expressed it she felt like some prisoners of ancient times in a cell with all luxuries and conveniences but with two eyes at a hole in the ceiling, following every movement. Oh, the syllable breathed a pang of swift contrition. The professor spied the contracted forehead. Don't look so tortured. It was better after a while. She told me that the eyes disappeared, and then someone set her up on a slippery pedestal and kept watching to see if she was going to fall off. The silence that ensued was broken by the flutter of gowns and girlish chatter at the door. Louise slipped away during the greeting the next room presented a bare appearance in the blankness of linen shrouding over bookcases pictures and furniture when louise tapped on the door set ajar she heard a gentle rustle and felt herself wafted in on a breeze of cordial welcome my dear i have been thinking about you and wondering if you would vanish without a good-bye you knew that i would not do that responded the caller reproachfully as she sank into an armchair while her hostess chose the least comfortable seat in sight, in an habitual way. Her face drew charm from its attentive sympathy. I wanted a good talk with you before we scattered, began the girl, but last moments generally find moods out of tune. What mood is it to-night? I am leaving everything at loose ends, with a long sigh. And you expect to finish off all the relations of your life with a Q.E.D.? Louise reflected the glimmer of a smile. Ridiculous, isn't it? But— if i could only convey ideas the impalpable evanescent intangible she waved her fingers in the air impression of influences in short if people would only understand is she misunderstood well how would you like it and louise sat up straight if someone always acted as if she thought that you were going to hurt her oh that's the particular loose end is it the question is have you hurt her louise looked uncomfortable i have been studying her all the year oh the tone was significant and i dare say that she is sensitive and felt your attitude of judicial hostility i hate to be superficial as apollo doubtless thought in that little affair with the Marseillaise. i think that she is unusually near perfection after deciding to approve of her perhaps you analyzed her character to her face and told her your opinion well with an attempt at self-justification when she acted so afraid of me I hoped that she would be reassured by hearing how nearly faultless I considered her. The woman looked at the girl, and then turned her face toward the window for a moment. When she spoke, her voice had a tremulous note. That sounds reasonable. Louise glanced up quickly. Laugh if you can! And she herself was smiling, though with flushed cheeks. But what shall I do? You are not likely to see each other after tomorrow. But don't you see? Bending forward anxiously, she does not understand i have spoiled her senior year and she will go away always to feel discomfort at memory of me a knock interrupting brought the caller to her feet the hostess having heard a tone of real distress in the egoistic little wail whispered a come down later dear before louise had disappeared to pay another last visit at the president's house she was shown into the library to await the master's arrival from town an open fire, coquetting with the chill of the unseasonable June night, tempted her with tongs laid near glowing logs. With a deep sigh she leaned her head against the back of the seat in the ingle-nook. A ring at the outer door, and somebody was being shown into the room with her. Louise rose, mysteriously expectant. At sight of her, the newcomer suddenly wavered, almost stopping short, halfway to the fireplace, to Louise's murmur of, "'Good evening!' she bowed with exaggerated ease and sank stiffly into a chair at hand the expression was familiar shrinking written painfully on the sensitive face with mouth set hard against a quiver and eyes grown dark under lowered lashes the quiet was full of pinpricks finally lifting every nerve to the effort and later a rival remarked with conventional sweetness above a substratum of consciousness that louise had once praised her manner as charming Isn't it delightfully cool this evening?' "'Yes,' replied Louise, watching her wistfully. Vividly aware of the two eyes in the ingle-nook, the young woman, casting about desperately in her mind for something to say, recollected that her companion considered her an entertaining conversationalist. "'At last, have you found your senior year pleasant?' "'Yes, except,' a quick change of voice into pleading tones, "'please be friends,' elaborately at a loss, "'Oh, I am perfectly willing.' meanwhile staring steadfastly at the piano. Another silence, during which she crossed one foot over the other and swung it nervously under Louise's furtive scrutiny. I am sorry, sorry, I cannot tell you how sorry, that I have caused you to feel any lack of ease this past year. Oh, I have been perfectly comfortable, with a brilliant smile masking dismayed anticipation of a scene. Louise turned hopelessly toward the fire. The other had leisure to recall further items in the list of excellent qualities, with which Louise had credited her in an analytical synopsis of her character. Her self-consciousness had by no means been diminished by the association with Louise. This fact gave her a sense of injury willfully inflicted. Suddenly she stiffened under a perception of renewed glances. I have been wrong, said Louise. I wish that you would—she swallowed something in her throat— forgive me for the first time that evening the young woman looked squarely at louise and at sight of the reddening cheeks and downcast eyes all at once regained her composure rising with outstretched hand that is all right she said louise brightened joyously she would leave no loose ends after all as for the other though smiling bravely she could not keep a cool limpness from her fingertips and at the sound of steps approaching in the hall She drew a long, deep breath of relief. End of chapter 10